Coming up this time, we get to meet the Clough legend, John Robertson. And I remember this man coming around the corner, walking in the dressing room, and as he walked in, whipping his jacket off and hanging on the peg, and that alone in itself said to me, this guy means business. Plus, we revisit his player profile, written back in 1980. And just looking back, your car in those days, you had a sponsored car. Yeah. Can you remember what that was? It was a Ford Capri. Gave him a football on a football field, and he made Errol Flynn look like Groucho Marx in looks. We also mentioned the other man he describes as a genius, the singer Brian Ferry. You're listening to the Green Jumper podcast with myself, Marcus Alton, the editor of the brianclough.com tribute website. I'm in a Nottingham restaurant today because I've come to meet my guest, a European Cup legend who Brian Clough once described as the Picasso of our game. It's John Robertson. Thanks very much for meeting up today, John. My pleasure. Thank you. Lovely to see you. Just to revisit that Cluffy quote in full, he said that give him a ball and a yard of grass and he was a, an artist, the Picasso of our game. How did you feel when he said things like that? Oh, absolutely fantastic. A player, a man of his stature and the reputation in the game, to think I was a good player was really, really great. And during a match, of course, sometimes he'd call your name and give you a special signal, wouldn't he, from the, from yeah, the touchline? Yeah, absolutely. There's a little two fingers. And uh, when he shout you, John, and you turn around and look at him, and he'd roll them up to you. Yeah, it was and like he, in, a, in a circle. He'd... Well, in, index finger and thumb, I think. It, but it, it was, you always felt great when you got that. That's what you wanted to do, was please him. He did give you some friendly stick about your appearance from time yeah. to time, and your autobiography, of course, was called Super Trump. Did that bother you at all? No, not at all. I knew that as long as he thought I was a good player and put me in his team every week, that was all that mattered. The rest was just... Yeah, just a little bit of fun, I yeah, guess. Yeah, fun, yeah. Yes. I, I never really believed that he believed what, um, what he was saying to me. I think it was, exactly it was fun. Didn't he say once that if he ever felt off colour, <laughs> he'd sit next to you and then feel like Errol Flynn? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> but I didn't think it was that bad. No. He wasn't the most elegant of dressers and he wasn't the most... He wasn't uh, Errol Flynn walking through the door. John was the type that you wanted with, with you all the time, if you were on television, for example, because he would make you good-looking. Give him a football on a football field and he made Errol Flynn look like Groucho Marx in looks. I think uh, he mentions in your testimonial brochure, which I've got here, that he, he fined you for being late for training as, as well. He was always finding me for something. <laughs> Either training or being on a bus. I remember he sent me home from Stoke in the first division when, uh, when I was caught. I was in the middle of my book in the bus and they all got off the bus and I, I didn't hear him. And uh, he sent me home so I would get dropped. I got back in a couple of weeks, but... It was idiotic of me yeah. to do what I did. I think he said one time you'd be better off buying an alarm clock. Yeah, probably right. <laughs> than, than having all the fines. Yeah. And, and um, 
you were partial to a cigarette as, as well. Did you have one sort of behind the coach before the bus set off? Well, I was always having a sneaking off for a fight somewhere. Uh, uh, I'd be great now, I'd be, obviously. And, and, of course, going back all those years, you'd originally been left out in the cold by the, the previous boss. Yeah. And I think you could have actually been offered in a swap deal with Partick Thistle. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah? A lad called, uh, he called me, Alan Brown called me in. Forrest wanted to buy a lad called Ronnie Glavin from uh, Partick Thistle. And uh, Alan Brown wanted him. But obviously they were a bit short of money. So I was going to be used as a make-weight, if you know what I mean, a pawn. And... Uh, when they asked me what, what did I think about it, I said I'd let him, let him know on the Monday or the Tuesday. But I think for me he got sacked. And uh, that never came off, no. thankfully. Thankfully for, certainly for Nottingham Forest and Brian Clough, because he did eventually put you back in the side, yeah. didn't he? Thanks to the journalist John Lawson. Yeah, it was when Cloughy first joined the club. Paul Lissers was suspended for a cup tie-up to him. And Cloughy didn't you know uh, any of the players, so... He asked the local journalist who was John, and John happened to think I was a good player and give me, give me a mention to Cluffy. And that's when he, when he saw me. And so I get noticed a little bit quicker because of John Lawson. And how did you feel when you were back in the side and then, you know, Cluffy made you a regular? Well, I was back in the side as a central midfield player, but I still hadn't convinced him until I moved to Pete Taylor and that moved me to left wing. Uh, and that's when I really took off. And then, of course, you were creating lots of chances and set up the, the goal for the European Cup final win in 79, scored yourself in, in 1980. Um, when you think of that photo, which I've got here, of your, your hands in the yeah. air on the front of that programme there, yeah. um, can you remember what went through your mind? It's just that I've scored. <laughs> I remember, so as I hit it, thinking, it's got a chance. And it swerved away from the goalkeeper, hit the post and went in. And I remember turning around with my hands in the air and saying I scored. But soon, I got surrounded by the boys, as you see there in that picture. Yeah. I couldn't believe I'd scored a, a goal. It was incredible, because you, you cut in on, on the right and hit it with, you, with your right foot. And, and unlike some left-wingers, you really did have a fantastic right foot as well, didn't you? Well, that's because I was right-footed. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I was naturally right-footed. Brian Clough, I think, didn't get it right as well. He used to say, I scored the goal with across something with my left foot, my right foot, and I thought, well, I'm right footed. <laughs> so uh, that was the reason. Uh, what came so easy for me, because I was right footed. And of course, that meant defenders really never knew which no, way exactly, you were going to go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right. I could go either side. Yeah. Up, down, down the line or inside. And, and didn't you, did you strike each penalty with your right well, foot as well? well yeah, all, all with my right foot, yeah. Yeah, there was the famous League Cup final replay yeah. penalty that you scored. Ray Clements went the right way, yeah. but I think he said it was the force of it yeah. that, that beat him. Well, that was my, my, my whole um, plan in every penalty I took, was if I hit it well enough, I would beat them. So, uh, fortunately for me, it went wider off of, of his right arm to go in, and actually I took another two penalties against and uh, they all went in the net. But again, he went the right way all the time. I just couldn't, couldn't get there. When you look at the, the modern day players of today, I mean, you would have been worth millions well, and millions. You. you really would. Thank you. What, 
when you look at what players get paid today, you were initially on £65 a week, something like that. Well, when, when and, a club gave it, really. And, and then it, it went up. D does that frustrate you in any way now? Not at all. I wouldn't swap with what, what happened in my day to what, what happens now. I'm, I'm, I'm not jealous of it. I'm glad I made a career. Yeah. And I wouldn't swap any of it. I wouldn't, for instance, I wouldn't swap my European Cup medal for 100 grand a week. So, no. that tells you what. Yeah, exactly. And, and didn't you go in to see Cluffy in the promotion season to get a pay rise? Well, I think it was a bit intimate in the same every week. But a pair of used to get fed up with me. But we eventually come to agreements in there. I think you, you asked and it, it came to £100, and then when you got promotion, yeah. you went in to see him again for That's another right, rise. For another rise, <laughs> I ended up on £125. <laughs> so I, was, I won the league championship on £125 a week. Now, I've got your testimonial brochure here where you're holding up the, the European yeah, Cup yeah. from about 1980, that one. And in it, there's some questions and answers, um, like favourite singer, favourite actor, yeah. and all that sort of thing. So, can you remember favourite singer? Oh, you read them out to me. There we go. Right, Ro you ask it. Robbo replies. So, we've got favourite singer. What's your favourite singer? Brian Ferry, I think. Yep, spot on. Roxy Music. Yeah, Roxy Music, remember, I loved them. They were great. You still like them? Yes, I do. Yeah? I think he's a genius fairy. Now then, how about this? Favourite actor is... Clint Eastwood. Yes. Is it still the he case? still Clint Eastwood. Now, I don't know whether you were having a joke with this answer, but it said, what's your favourite TV show? Columbo. Columbo. Ah, well, you'd put Wurzel Gummidge. Oh, I did like that as well. <laughs> People used to like my impression of it. Well, which I'm not going to do now. So. No, no. As well as your favourite TV show, it asked... Which TV programme do you dislike? Mm. That's a difficult one. Give a clue. It's regularly on, even now. And it's not particularly entertainment. Oh, well, no. I can't, can't remember. No. Well, it, it's an unusual answer. The news. Oh, well, I can't remember that. No? Beca because what you said was, you didn't like the news, it's always bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing changes. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> and just looking back, your car in those days, you had a sponsored car. Yeah. Can you remember what that was? It was a Ford Capri. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that. How do you remember Brian Clough now? Oh, he was a genius. There's no shadow of a doubt about that. He, 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 his reputation will go down in record books without, without any shadow of a doubt that he was one of the greatest managers I've ever, ever been in, in the game of football. And you still remember that day he walked into the city ground? I will never forget it. When he walked into the dressing room, took his jacket off and hung it on the peg and started rubbing his hands as if he was, come on, let's get ready, we're going. And he looked as if he was a man of purpose. And everything just changed from that day on? Absolutely. I'm proud to have played for him. Well, Martin O'Neill has special memories of that day and of John. Here he is, speaking on the Green Jumper. I was over to the side, so I wouldn't have seen him coming in, but John was actually right down the middle. So John could see him coming in the dressing room about three or four strides before anyone, uh, anyone could see him. So he just took the coat off, threw it over a peg, blew his hands, you know, cold, cold day, and, uh, and started to talk. Well, first of all, John was a great, great player. To me, 
the most influential player at, at Nottingham Forest, playing the fulcrum of the team and yet playing wide, wide left-hand side, getting the ball out to, as Brian Clough might say, this little fat lad, <laughs> you know, and uh, he was a magician, yeah. absolute magician, you know, really, really, really great player. So, so influential. I, uh, when I came into Nottingham Forest, first of all, there was a great player called Ian Story Moore, who I think Story Moore is a fantastic footballer. I think almost single-handedly kept Nottingham Forest in the big league for about four years after their great year of 19, uh, 1966-67. And so those were two great, great players. So John went on to prove himself and, and win at the very, very highest level and win the big medals, scoring in the European Cup final, making a goal in the previous one. So really great. So John and I had a good relationship. Uh, John's career had finished. When I was going to, to manage at Grantham, I asked him to play a couple of games for me. He did. They didn't go so well because John had uh, John had lost the appetite to to really want to. He didn't want to be kicked up and down the uh, no. the Beezer yeah. the Beezer home Midland Division. No, it didn't. <laughs> mind, he didn't mind getting kicked against Cologne, but not 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 against Starbridge. You know. No. So uh, and so he came and he sat beside me, and uh, even though we. When I went to Wickham Wonders, John didn't really, he didn't come alongside me because he was he was having to work himself. He had his own jobs. But when we got together at um, when we got together at Leicester City, really that's that's when our our, um, our managerial uh, partnership really took off. And but John was fantastic, absolutely fantastic, great. Not just with myself, little 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 messages he would send out little vignettes of uh, of uh, moments which I, I thoroughly enjoyed with him but he was also very 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 good with the players as well too so you know he had uh, whereas I could stay a little bit more away from the players or a little bit more aloof from them John could integrate and they had great trust in him and the same went with that and uh, uh, my coach uh, Steve Walford so the two of them were were integral to everything really and and very very good with the players. And and just coming on to Martin, I interviewed him a few weeks ago because he he'd brought a, a book out. Did you ever think in those days that he'd go into management? No, I didn't. Uh, although the outcome of it since has been that he was excellent at the job, top top class manager. But you were important as well, putting your arms around the players and and getting you know getting yeah. them on side. Yeah, but you made all the decisions, and. It's not easy making decisions, haven't you, win football matches. But he was very good as a... He was really good, Martin. Yeah, he's, he, ha he has some fond memories of, of you as well. Do you get to see him much? Yeah, I meet occasionally. Not, not every day, because he lives in London. I'll, yeah. I live here, but you yeah. keep in touch. Well, I remember standing at the city ground gates in the early 80s on my own, and you were walking in on your own, and I asked for your autograph, and uh, I told you... You were my favourite player, and you, you signed my autograph book, and you're still my favourite player. Thank you very um, much. Thanks for all the great memories. My pleasure. Thank you for asking. All the best. Thanks very much. Give him a football on a football field, and he made L. Flynn look like Groucho Marx in looks. John was a great, great player. To me, most influential player at, at Nottingham Forest, getting the ball out to, as Brian Clough might say, this little fat man, you know. And uh, 
He was a magician. And because you get the goal, people remember who you are and they always look back. And I was fortunate in playing with some fantastic footballers. You don't win two European Cups without having great players. And the, the players I played with were, were top draw. And thanks again to you for listening. And of course, there are more great stories about John on the Tribute website, brianclough.com. I hope you can join me again next time for more memories of the great man in the green jumper.